on tonight, God has instructed me, God has led me to do this very special Tuesday night Bible study. For the next several weeks, we are going to talk from the subject, the promises of God during a time of crisis. The promises of God during a time of crisis. This is so important because what what the Lord reminds us of is that there are times in all of our lives in which, quite honestly, all we have is a promise. (laughs) All we can rely on are the promises of God. God knows that we're in a crisis. The world is in a crisis. But God is there. And it's a good time. It is a wonderful time that in the midst of this crisis, we go back and we remind ourselves of what God has promised. And we stand on the word. (laughs) When nothing else is there to stand on, we stand on the word. Our foundation is the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, the New King James Version, is the theme for these next several weeks. The Apostle Paul writes this powerful word in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Uh, He says, for all the promises of God in him, or yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Listen again. All the promises of God in him, or yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. The promises of God doing a time of crisis. Someone asked, how are you able to deal with this? And I responded, I know what he has promised. Someone asked, how can you sleep at night? And I respond, for I know what he has promised. Someone asked, how have you not lost your mind? Because I know what he has promised. And when you know what God has promised, uh, God will do something for you and you will be able to respond in ways that others who are not tuned in or who have not uh, built their lives around the promises of God. And so every week for the next three or four weeks, we're going to share with you one promise that God has made. And here's what God has said to me. He says, for each one of the promises, I want you to identify seven scripture references. So this is what this lesson is going to be. A promise of God during a time of crisis. And God says, share seven scripture references. So here's what I need you to do. Those of you at home, I need you to get out your paper if you can, get your computer, your phone, smartphone, because I I need you to write these scriptures down because I need each one of these weekly promises to be what you concentrate yourself on for this week. This is what you declare and decree for this week because this is a promise of God. The promises of God during a time of crisis. We are living in a crisis. Let me share with you just some of the news that I heard today. Over 3,000 people in the United States alone have lost their lives. Just this week, we heard a dire prediction that perhaps between 100,000 and 200,000 lives will be lost during this crisis. I saw a report today that says that the unemployment rate as of now perhaps is around 15% could go as high as maybe 25 or 30 percent. Another statistic we saw as it relates to the economy says the economy has shrunk since this crisis already about 35 percent. 
To those of us who are invested in 401ks, we've seen that. I've had friends say to me that I don't know what's going on with my 401k. My advice to them is what a good friend of mine who is a financial planner and a great friend in Charleston has advised me. He says, stop looking at it and, and just wait for it to come back. Uh, and so perhaps that's what God says to us. God says, don't follow the roller coaster, but just know that God will bring things back. So we are in a crisis, Healthcare workers. We pray for them. We had a special prayer for them on Sunday. I'm sending out a special video message of prayer uh, later this week just for healthcare workers and those that are on the front line of fighting this crisis. I, I saw a report, an emotional report the other day. My wife and I were watching CNN, and we saw a wife whose husband was a doctor in the hospital in his early 40s. He contracted the virus and critically, critically ill on the front line, trying to save other lives, putting his life at risk. We're in a crisis. Loved ones are in hospitals, and yet they're there by themselves because no one can be by their bedside. Had a call on Saturday night. I shared this in my message Sunday from a lady who was hysterical. Uh, and she called and says a family member rushed to the hospital, a family member with special needs. And she was the guardian. She took care of this family member. And as the ambulance took her in, they said to the guardian, you can't come in. And she says, but she's been with me all her life. She's not used to having anyone around but me. So she called me, and we talked on the phone. You can hear the emotions in her voice. She thought I could help her as a state senator, and unfortunately, I had to tell her it was out of my hand, and I understand why the hospital did that. In fact, I, I would agree that they had to take that extreme measure to keep everybody safe. But yet, can you imagine your loved one in a hospital bed by themselves, no one there to hold their hands, no one there to help see them through that. One report I saw that was so sad, mother who was very sick in a nursing home actually died. And her adult daughter was on television doing an interview, tears streaming down her face. And she says, my worst nightmare came alive. She says, my worst nightmare was not that my mother would die, because I knew one day she would, but it was that she would die by herself. She would die alone. It's a crisis. We are living in a time of crisis. But here's the good news. God has made some promises to us that we can count on. The first promise that we're going to share for this first message is this, God has promised us that he will keep us in perfect peace. <laughs> Promise number one, God will keep us in perfect peace. As I was praying for this, God says, let this be the first one that you share. Because the one thing that I think is so needed right now above anything else, is peace. We need a blessed assurance that everything is going to be all right. So the promise of God is that in the midst of this crisis, God says, I will keep you in perfect peace. Now, I said in Sunday's message, peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the absence of stress. Peace is the assurance that in the midst of danger, in the midst of trouble, that God is still in control. That is the peace of God. Listen to these scripture references. We're going to share these references with you tonight. As I said, each lesson will have seven different scriptures. The first is Isaiah 26 and verse 3. 
the New Living Translation, it says this, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Listen to what the text says. It says, God will keep in perfect peace. Now, here's the thing. This does not apply to everybody. This is conditional. God says, I will keep in perfect peace all who trust in God. You've got to trust in God to get this kind of peace. And then the text goes on. The end of the text says, and whose thoughts, (laughs) please listen to this, and whose thoughts are fixed on you. In other words, if you can condition your mind to think of the goodness of God in the midst of a crisis, then God says, I will keep you in perfect peace. If you trust me and if your thoughts are fixed on me, here is the key. Here is the key to how we can survive this, how we can obtain this kind of perfect peace is that we have to trust God and we have to keep our thoughts fixed on God. That is scripture number one. The second of seven references that God has given me is found in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. We're reading this also from the New Living Translation. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7. And here's what it says. Uh, It says, give all your cares, all your worries and cares to God. King James puts it, cast all your cares upon him. The New Living Translation says, give all your worries, all you worry about, all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. (laughs) We've got to take all of our cares And we've got to give it to God. We've got to lay it at the altar. (laughs) We have to say, God, you have to fix this. I can't do it. (laughs) I I, I can't do it on my own. I, I have turned it over to you. Cast all your cares upon him. Why? For he careth for you. If you're not willing tonight, listen. If you're not willing, starting right now, to take all your cares and cast it at that virtual altar. I know you're not in a church building, but just cast them somewhere at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, you must fix this. I can't handle it. I am turning it over to you. Uh, Peter says, give all your cares. That Greek word, the first word, cast in the King James Version, he give is a little stronger than, than, than to haphazardly just bring it. It, it means to, to forcefully throw them to Jesus, to give them over with some passion and some force to God. Why? Because he careth for us. When we know who cares for us, we know that everything is going to be all right. The third scripture reference Third scripture reference, remember the theme is that the promises of God during time of crisis, this is God saying, I will give you perfect peace. The third scripture reference is found in John chapter 14 and verse 27. Very familiar reference, and we are choosing the New Living Translation for a lot of these because it, it, it reads clearly. We can understand it perhaps a little Better. Here's how it reads. The New Living Translation, verse 27, John chapter 14. Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. Listen, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. In other words, peace is a gift that comes from the Lord. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this. And then he says this. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. What a powerful word. Look at that word again. Jesus speaks. When does he speak? This is doing what is called the upper room discourse. This is the final lesson that Jesus teaches his disciples before his crucifixion. 
This was during Holy Week. He was now in the sacred city of Jerusalem in an upper room. And he says to them, having washed their feet in verse 13. Then he turns uh, to chapter 14 and he, and he begins, and you know what chap, John 14 says, let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, you believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions, the King James says. But then he says this, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift of, that's a gift of peace of mind and a peace in your heart. And then he makes it clear, this kind of peace, the world cannot give this to you. Uh, you can't get this kind of peace from calling psychic 1-800. This comes from the Lord. This is the kind of peace that you get with having a relationship with God. Somebody look at you and say, you are so calm. You've been through so much. You've lost the loved one. You lost the mother just a couple of weeks ago. How can you still be smiling? You've got a peace that God gave you. A peace that's stronger than anything the world can. And don't even, listen, here's what God said to me. Don't even expect the world to understand. Because they cannot. Because it does not come from them. It comes from the Lord. The last part of this verse in the New Living Translation uh, simply says, this, So don't be troubled or be afraid. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Why? Because God's got something he's going to give you. The next scripture reference in this reference, just remember, each one of these lessons on Tuesday night, God says the number is seven. God says choose seven scripture reference for every promise. This is the next scripture reference. This is the fourth one. Okay. Uh, John chapter 16 and verse 33, the New Living Translation. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many, and this is why I chose this translation. Uh, the NIV and the King James says you will have many tribulations, and that's a powerful word, but I like how the New Living puts it. It says you will have many trials and sorrows. <laughs> he says here on earth, you are going to have many trials and sorrow. So what we are going through is a part of life on earth. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Jesus says in here, you are going to have many trials and you will have many sorrows. And he says, and that is why I'm giving you peace. But then he says this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In other words, I'm going to give you something that will help you deal with the trials and the sorrows that you face on this earth, that the world will confront you with every day of your life. I'm, gonna I am not going to give you an automatic weapon. I am not going to give you a whole lot more money in your bank account. I'm going to give you something that's greater than money. I'm going to give you something that's greater than more friends in your life. I'm going to give you a peace, a supernatural peace that will help you overcome all the sorrows, all the trials that you are going through. You can sit in your house and be as happy as you are, and people will never understand. They say, what is wrong with you? I have cabin fever. I'm climbing up the walls. I don't know what to do with myself. And you're going, it's a beautiful day. You go outside and walk around and hear the birds sing. And you say, Lord, I hate that we're going through this. I, I, I hate that anybody is sick, but I appreciate this extra time just to spend with you. I, I appreciate the time uh, just to hear the birds sing again and just to go outside and breathe fresh air. Because let me tell you something. I've discovered this even in my own life. As a matter of fact, I jokingly said to my wife, where did these flowers come from? She said, they've been there all along, but you've been too busy to even notice them. And now I am noticing some of the beauty that's surrounding me that has always been there. But sometimes God has to slow us down. <laughs> sometimes God has to allow us to 
to, to really take stock and really sit back and, and, and count the blessings we have and how good God is and, quite honestly, how fragile we are. Because we sometimes think that we have everything in control. Listen, our political leaders and others, sometimes we can be riding high and we think all of this is due to me. We have what I call the Nebuchadnezzar complex. Nebuchadnezzar looked around and saw his great kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar says, look what I've created. Look what I've done through my own power. Look how great my kingdom is. And God brought him to his knees. Made him realize that you are nothing without God. Perhaps the good that can come out of all of this is when this is all over, we all can appreciate the goodness of God. And then we would live our lives not as we are invincible, not as if nothing will ever happen to me. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to, we can live our lives as if any day something like this can come back and it makes us pray more and it gives us that power for peace that God talks about. Here's the next one. Here's the next one that God says. Uh, this is it's number five. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number five. And we are using the New King James Version for this. What an appropriate scripture for this time that we are about to enter in starting next Sunday, which would be Palm Sunday. Isaiah writes this of Christ. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And this is the part that I like. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Listen to this clause. The chastisement, not for his peace. Jesus didn't go through all of this so that Jesus may have peace. But he went through all of this so that we could have peace. It was upon him. One translation said it was laid upon him. One original Hebrew translation said it was thrust upon him. The chastisement of our peace was thrust upon the crucified Savior. And then the last part of verse 5, Isaiah chapter 53. And... By his stripes, we are healed. <laughs> what a powerful word. Because of Christ, we have peace. Because of Christ, we have something that the world would never understand. This verse is so important for us to know that our peace was not free. Somebody paid the price for us to have peace. Someone paid the price for us to go to bed at night in a raging pandemic and still sleep good knowing that God is in charge. It was by the shedding of the Son of God's blood on Calvary Cross that we now have this peace. And his stripes, he was whipped and abused so that we could be healed. <laughs> What a powerful word says to us that we ought to thank God uh, that God paid the price by giving us his only begotten son so that we can have the peace of God. That is scripture reference number five. Just remember the promises of God. The first promise uh, is that God will keep us in perfect peace. Seven scripture reference. Uh, that was uh, the fifth one. Now the sixth scripture reference is one that we shared with you on Sunday. It is a powerful word that is found in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as well as uh, verses 4 and verses 6 and 7. Let me set this scripture up. Let me share with you the context. The Apostle Paul writes this to the brothers and the sisters of Philippi who were faithful believers. But what is so remarkable, what is absolutely incredible is this. Paul writes this from prison. Paul writes this while he was 
shut up and locked down. <laughs> he could have written about anything. Paul could have written a book of lamentations like Jeremiah did. He could have wrote lamentations, a book of tears. Paul could have written about all the sorrows. Paul could have said, oh, woe with me. Here I am. I've done all of this for the kingdom. I've written all kind of letters to all kind of churches. I've established churches. I've gone on missionary journeys. And here I am in this jail. Paul chooses to write about something that's powerful. Why, Paul? Because Paul says your situation should not dictate your attitude about who God is. Just because you're in a bad situation doesn't mean you give up on who God is and that you forget that God is still good all the time. And so he writes this powerful text, Philippians chapter 4. I love this text. I said to you Sunday, my friend in Detroit, Michigan, Bishop Charles Ellis, pastor of the Greater Grace Church, shared with me again last week how he preached from this text. And I told him, man, I have preached from this text over and over, but God says revisit it again. And so we did. Listen to verse number four of Philippians chapter four. It says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. King James said, rejoice, I say always in the Lord. Here's what I said on Sunday, and it is worth repeating now. Joy is a choice. You get to choose to rejoice. Now, you don't get to choose what happens to you. We don't get to choose whether or not we live in a time of pandemic or not. But we get to choose how we respond to what we're going through. And God says, you have to choose whether you're going to walk around for the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whether you're going to be locked. And, and I've come to the conclusion when this thing first started, I was a little stressed and I was high strung. Lord, I've got so much to do. We've got so much to do. And the Lord says, slow it down. And I got a call today. My son said, Dad, you heard the state of Virginia is closing everything down to the end of June. I said, so what? God says, I'll take care of you. And here's what I said. I said, if God's got to shut us down for months to come, I will choose to rejoice. I will choose to be happy in my house. I will choose to be happy in a church preaching when nobody, no congregation is there. Why? Because I know that God has a plan. God says you have to choose to rejoice. And then Paul writes these most powerful words in verse number six. Philippians 4, verse number six. To my mother, this is for you. <laughs> uh, Mom and I, we have a special bond around this text. Verse number six says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, you pray about everything. Then he writes, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Let me read that verse to you again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. <laughs> if there's a need in your life, take it to God. And then after you Stop worrying. After you've gotten on your knees to pray, after you've made your request to the Lord, listen to what Paul writes. He says, then get up and thank God for all that he has done, all that he's already done. God reminded me, there's some things you ought to praise me about because when the enemy thought he had you three or four years ago, when the enemy came in like a flood, God says, I delivered your family from this. I delivered you from this. Look at what God has done. And so there's so many things, and I'm talking to you, that wherever you are, whatever you're going through now, there are so many things, there are so many things you can begin to thank God for right now. Walk around in your house, make a list of the things that God has. Lord, I thank you. 
God, I, I could have lost my mind, but I thank you. I thank you that I'm still here, Lord. I, I, I thank you that the lights are still on, Lord. I, I, I thank you that I can wake up uh, every morning in my right clothes, in my right mind. We begin to thank God for what God has already done. And, and then he writes verse number seven. Listen to verse number seven. Paul writes, then you will experience God's peace. When will you experience God's peace? After you've done the things in verse number six. <laughs> after you stop worrying. After you pray about everything. After you tell God what you need. After you thank God for what God has done. Verse number seven, transition word. Then you will experience God's peace. But listen to what he writes. Which exceeds Anything we can understand. Ah, King James says, which surpasseth all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Ooh. Then you will experience God's peace, which will exceed anything, everything. The human mind can understand. God will give you a peace in the house by yourself, rejoicing in the Lord. God, I thank you. I am so content just serving you. Uh, a peace that far exceeds all human understanding. And then finally, last and final scripture. Before we have this virtual altar call where we pray for all of you. Last scripture, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. This is the benediction type of scripture. Uh, this is the seventh one. Seven scriptures chosen for a reason. Every week, seven scriptures will be chosen for a reason. There is something powerful about the biblical number of seven. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. This same apostle Paul writes these words in the New Living Translation. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you, <laughs> thank you Lord, his peace at all times. And now, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times. And listen to these next words. And, thank you, Lord. And, and in every situation, in the midst of a pandemic, may God give you his peace peace. Not knowing how are you going to make ends meet. Listen, my heart goes out for those small businesses. Just today, the governor ordered all non-essential businesses closed. They're friends of mine that I know that run small businesses. They're wonderful people that are running beauty shops and barber shops and others. And right now, they're wondering, how am I going to make it? They're independent business people. They don't have a lot of sick leave, and they don't have a lot of nest eggs saved up that they can tap into a Christmas savings account. They're wondering right now, but here's my word for all of them, that God says, and God will give you his peace at all times. And listen to these next words. And in every situation, you ought to highlight those four words. And in Every situation, the Lord will be with you. Ah, that's powerful. The Lord will be with you in every situation, in everything that you're going through. Right now, some of you are going through some difficult times right now. God told me to pray with you. Just remember, as we prepare to end this service, I, I want us to have this sacred moment. 
He will keep us in perfect peace. (laughs) Promises of God during a time of crisis. Promise number one, God will keep us in perfect peace. Why do we believe that? Because the song says he is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. God is a promise keeper. God is light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. I can't imagine what some of you are going through. If there's one thing that I have always prayed for, uh, as a leader, even as a young leader, my prayer has always been, Lord, give me empathy. I want to be the kind of man of God, the kind of person of God, that would never take for granted what somebody else goes through. Because I've seen that. I've seen leaders with no empathy. I've seen people with great gifts, but they don't have the ability to identify with what people go through. And so I do know this, that wherever you are, whatever you're going through right now, as I look at you in this camera, I'm here to tell you that God is a way maker. (laughs) God is a miracle worker. God is a promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. He is my God. That is who you are. If you can stop what you're doing right now for the next few minutes, if you can pause from whatever you're doing right now, This is a time in which we bring it all to the altar. (laughs) Amen. This is the time. For God said to me, these lessons are not going to be long. My intent during this crisis is not to impress upon anyone how well I preach or how well I know the Bible, but to reach out to you wherever you are right now and let you know that there is hope (laughs) in the time of crisis. Promise number one, he will keep us in perfect peace. Praise team comes right now and remind us who he is. Sister Benita Washington wrote this song and others began to sing it all over the world. Listen, you are here moving, Lord. Yes, You. I worship you. Stop what you're doing right now. I worship you. And I want you to worship God. Listen. You are here. You're moving, Lord. Walking in this place. Ah, Lord, I, I worship. worship you. Somebody's going through something. Now. I worship you. You are here. <laughs> If you can lift your hands, <laughs> if you can just lift those hands, if you are in a position where you can close your eyes, right now here, this place, not just Bible way, but everywhere, I worship you. My God, somebody's being blessed right now. You are our way maker, promise keepers. My God.
worship you. Lord, I worship you. Come on, everybody. Worshippers wherever you are. Oh, yeah. right now, right now, wherever you are, the altar is where you are right now. This is just a moment between you and God. I heard a wonderful expression the other day that says when this is all over, don't remember the bad days, remember the good moments. And I says, Lord, I, I will apply that to my life. Because in all of this, there will be some good moments that God will show up and show himself to us. Someone right now, you're crying, you're praying, you're requesting the peace of God. That perfect peace of God. You've got to have your mind stayed on him. You have to trust God and then focus your thoughts on God. There's a number on your screen right now. If you need someone to pray with you, hey amen. It can be anonymous. We, we don't need your information. We would just pray with you no matter who you are or what you're going through. 888-776-776. 1238. Listen, if you want to commit your life to the Lord, you can do it right now. <laughs> you can do it at your kitchen table. You can do it in your bed, in your bedroom. <laughs> you can do it sitting on the floor. You can do it on your back porch. <laughs> Wherever you are, this is your moment. Remember that expression I said, when this is all over, don't remember the bad days, remember the good moments. God says, there will be a moment that God will come in your life, bring you peace that far exceeds human understanding. Waymaker he is, come on, tell him again, miracle. Tonight can be the best night of your life. Someone tonight will get the best sleep you have slept since this crisis began. Tomorrow someone will call you and says, how did you sleep last night? 
wonderful. Why? Because I had the peace of God with me. God's going to give you a restful night. God's going to make a way out of nowhere. No matter what you're going through right now, he is that way maker. If you want to commit your life to the Lord, perhaps you are not affiliated with any church. You're looking for a church home. Join our virtual church. The good that is coming out of all of this is that we have brothers and sisters in places we didn't even know about. We've got brothers and sisters that don't all look like us, live where we live, even speak how we speak. God says, I, I am connecting the world together. Amen. You want to join this ministry, be a part of this virtual church, just call that number right now. Close those eyes if you can, lift your hands if you can. And I need you to pray with me on tonight. Eternal Father, we thank you for your promises. For the promises of God, a yea and amen. Thank you, Lord, for the promises that you've made to us during a time of crisis. Promise number one in this series is that you've promised to keep us in perfect peace. We thank you for your peace that far exceeds human understanding. <laughs> Someone will have a restful night. Someone will be blessed in a mighty way tonight. Someone perhaps has given their life to you. Someone because they have been forced to slow down and to be shut in are now lifting their hands to you and say, Lord, I need you more than ever. Shut in, but not shut out. Thank you, Lord. We touch and agree and say it is already done. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody, wherever you are, just lift those hands and say amen. Join in with the praise team. Just before the closing prayer, as we've done for the last three weeks, thank you for joining us on this virtual service. To the members of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, thank you for faithfully giving God still your tithing and your offerings. To those of you that desire to give, we will put the prompts on the screen. But I will remind you, as I have done for the last three weeks, Bless your local church with your tithe. Bless them with your offerings. They will need you more than ever when this is over. I still believe that as you sacrifice, as you are going through, God will bless you in a very special way. We've been blessed. It is a challenge. But God has shown himself to be faithful. And so, to all of you that are part of our church family, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because in the midst of this, we are still feeding people who are hungry. In the midst of this, people are still calling us, asking us for the basic necessities of life. Thank you for making that possible. Let me also say that on Sunday is the beginning of a sacred time in Christendom. It is called Holy Week, from Palm Sunday to Resurrection Sunday. Someone asked the question, said, what, what will you do if you cannot have church on Palm Sunday, on Easter Sunday, or as we refer to it as Resurrection Sunday? And I stopped them and says, we will. We will worship. And, and I don't know what God's plans are. But I do know this, perhaps more people will join us virtually than have ever joined before. 
someone will hear that Holy Week message and messages that have never tuned in before. So join us Sunday, 8 and 11. Very special thank you to the team that's standing behind me, the team of technicians and staff members uh, that pressed their way to make this possible. We are live at 8 on Sundays, 11 on Sundays, and live every Tuesday night so that you, although you are shut in, will never be shut out. Again, sow a seed, bless, send God your tithe and offerings through your local church, and watch God bless you. I believe that there's something good that will come out of all of this. Thank you again for being a part of this virtual service. Let us pray. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And wherever you are, whatever you are doing, lift those hands and lift those voices and say amen. Amen. This is Pat. Daryl Jackson, thank you so much for joining us here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. We are honored that you worship with us virtually. Share us with a friend, with a neighbor, with a co-worker. Thank God for the opportunity to join you as we all worship. In the midst of this pandemic, God still gets the glory. Again, thank you for being a part of this worship experience. May God bless you and your family. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning into our service. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. If you feel this was a blessing to you, please be sure to share to your page. We'd like to thank you for your continued financial support to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Here are the following ways you can give. Online through My Connections via our website, bwcar.org. By texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256 or recurring through automatic draft through your bank account or My Connections. Or you can send in your offering by check or money order via mail at P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not send cash. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.